Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today, beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are given a lesson about faith. And we are shown a thing that is necessary if we are to be saved. So let us consider faith and salvation as they are shown in the story of the ten lepers. Now to understand this passage fully, we first must wrap our minds around biblical leprosy. Now leprosy is thought of in the Bible, encompassed much more than what we know of today is Hansen's disease. Leprosy covered a host of skin diseases. If an Israelite were to contract leprosy, they were immediately banned from, cast out of society. From the book of Leviticus, we learn of their plight. Leviticus 13, beginning at verse 45. The leper who has had the disease shall wear torn clothing and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has had the disease. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone in a habitation outside the camp. So, in a very real sense, when an Israelite contracted leprosy, they were no longer human. They were not allowed to live in the city, in society. And were thrown out of town and forced to make their way in the wilderness without a source of income or food or protection. To make matters worse, they were deemed ritually, religiously unclean as well. So not only were these people loathed and feared by society, they were loathed and feared by their religion. To be ritually unclean was equal to being dead, spiritually dead. In fact, the rules about handling a dead body are much more lenient than the rules regarding a person with leprosy. Leprosy rendered a person as loathed and abhorred and feared by society and because of religious laws as one who had offended or found disfavor with God, as one who was cursed by God. Leprosy was seen as incurable. In fact, in the entirety of the Old Testament, there are only two instances when leprosy is cured, both miraculous. The first is Miriam, who had leprosy for seven days as a punishment for speaking against Moses' leadership. Now, Miriam was a sister of Moses, and she was made an example of God's power to give life and to take life. She was only cured as an example of the authority of Moses. And then we read the second one this morning. Now, I mean, the general of the army of Aram, a non-Israelite from Damascus in Syria. Now, I mean, is only cured when he obeys Elisha's instruction to wash seven times in the Jordan River. Now, I mean, is only cured as a proof of God's power. So the only two stories of leprosy being healed in the Old Testament, both extraordinary, To the average person, leprosy was death. The healing of a leper had not been done in Israel for 700 or so years prior to Jesus and was seen 
as a sure sign of Christ's coming. St. Luke even records this. And he answered them, go and tell John the Baptist what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. So this morning, we encounter 10 lepers, clothing torn, hair scraggly and unkempt, literally living in the garbage dump. If you were to see a picture of this area Jesus walks, there's a high wall and over it, garbage. They live in the garbage, consisting on what they find as they search for scraps of rubbish to eat. Their only connection to society is when they shout up and over the wall, unclean, unclean, as someone approaches. But these 10 lepers somehow have heard of Jesus, and when they see him walking down the road, they quit shouting unclean, unclean. They break the law. They begin to shout, Master, mercy, mercy. And our Lord responds generously and with mercy. Instead of throwing them scraps of food or a shekel, we read this. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now it's here, brothers and sisters, that we are forced, beckoned, to stop and consider faith. The leprous men did not ask questions of Jesus or like the commander, Naamin, in the story from 2 Kings, question and scoff. They silently made their way to see the priest. So, on some level, they possessed a faith, a trust, a love for Jesus, even if they were at their wit's end. It is obvious these men had made some sort of intellectual assent that Jesus was, at the least, a powerful instrument of God's mercy and grace. Now, what should give us pause is not the fact of their assent to Jesus. They lived in a garbage dump. It's not too hard to take a risk or that they believed in Jesus. But what should give us pause is the fact that their belief in Jesus was not realized until they took action, until they did something, until they climbed over the wall and went down the road. The leprous men were not made clean until they walked to see the priest. It was not until they were underway that at some point they looked at their flesh and noticed that they were in fact cleansed, that the leprous sores, the dead flesh, gone, that their skin had returned to normal. And so it is. We are reminded, shown that faith is nothing without action. In the words of St. James, for as a body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith apart from works is dead. Now, for our own lives, this should make it very clear that it's not enough to merely say and believe and do nothing. It is not enough to say we love and to do nothing. It is not enough to say we trust. We trust Jesus and do nothing about it. For that is not faith nor trust nor love at all. That is simply words. If the ten lepers had never started on their journey, they would never have been cleansed. If we do not put our actions or put action to our words, if we do not start and continue on our journey, we will not be cleansed. So then, to have a faith in, a trust in, a belief in Jesus Christ is to live your life in a certain manner that exhibits those things to which you have assented. 
to obey and to follow Jesus' command as did the lepers, that, my brothers and sisters, is what faith looks like. To have faith in Christ means that your faith is proclaimed and acted through the things you do. Bluntly, if you claim to love Jesus but do nothing about it and do nothing about it through your actions, if you fail to walk as did the ten lepers, then you should not expect to be cleansed. To be cleansed requires action. Let us consider another point, that of our salvation. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, we're not ten cleansed, where are the nine? Was no one found to return or give praise to God except this foreigner, this heathen? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now to me, I always get sort of teary-eyed, if you will, when I read these verses. It's a beautiful passage. Here we find the one leper a Samaritan at that, someone who is at odds, who despises the Jewish religion, and the Jewish religion despises him, a heathen. Here we find that person responding to God's generosity and God's mercy. And it's funny that he begins the story by raising his voice, by shouting, unclean, unclean. Then he sees Jesus, mercy, mercy. And what's so beautiful about this is that he ends the story shouting as well. But this time he shouts praises to God. He shouts thanksgivings to God. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. Here we have a dead man shouting for mercy. Here we have him encounter God, the living and the true in Jesus Christ. And then changed to a live man shouting praises to God. Still shouting praises, the cleansed leper falls on his face, fully prostrate at the feet of Jesus, kissing his feet. The cleansed leper gives him thanks. The cleansed leper, the once dead and now live man, shows an awesome and overwhelming display of love and affection and praise and thanksgiving and piety. And it is because of this dead man's now live outpouring of love and praise and thanksgiving and piety that he has given salvation. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I say that the once dead man was given salvation at this point because although the English word does not explicitly reflect this, there is an intentional use of wording in Luke's gospel. Now, I don't do this, try not to do this too often, but today we're going to learn two Greek words, which I know you're all going to go out and uh, share with the community. <laughs> In the beginning of the story, the Samaritan leper is cleansed. Go your way, show yourself to the priest. Cleansed. Now this word, katharzio, that literally means to make clean, to clean or cleanse from physical stains and dirt. So if we were watching a biblical like shout commercial in Greek, Catharsio would be the word used to remove physical stains and dirt. It's also the word used to denote a pronouncement of being clean in the Levitical sense. So when they went to the priest to show themselves, catharsio was the word. Catharsio. 
And when he, catharsio, however, brothers and sisters, is not the word used in the New Testament when it speaks of salvation or being saved as a Christian knows and uses the word salvation. Have you been saved? That is not catharsio. That word is sozo. Now that literally means to be saved in the biblical sense, to be delivered from the penalties of Christ's judgment. Sozo is salvation in the eternal sense of the word, not the shout commercial. So it is when the one leopard returns and shows his outpouring of love and affection and thanksgiving and praise, Jesus tells him this, rise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Sozo. Rise, go your way. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has given you eternal life. That is what a saving faith looks like. The faith of the saved man is one that not only puts action into belief, trust into action, but one that shouts and praises God, gives thanksgiving, one that falls face first at the feet of Jesus and kisses them. The faith of the saved man is one in which there is a genuine, sincere, heartfelt return of thanksgiving and praise for what God has done for him. It is in the fact that this once leprous man loved Jesus, desired Jesus, longed for Jesus, that he was saved. The cleansed Samaritan desired union with Jesus Christ, desired to be united with Jesus in love and adoration and thanksgiving, and he was. He was granted his heart's desire. Sozo. He was given an eternal life with his Lord and Master. We're shown today what saving faith looks like. It is not only action and obedience to Jesus' commands. It is also, and most importantly, a love, an adoration, a desire. A desire for Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we get one final lesson. The story is given to us so that we may compare ourselves to the ten lepers. It's an allegory, if you will. At one point in our lives, we're like the lepers. Dead to the kingdom of God. Cast out. Now when we encounter Jesus, will we do as attended? Will we begin our journey and be cleansed and fail to show our thanksgiving? Or will we do as the heathen? Will we seek Jesus out? Praise Jesus at the top of our lungs? Will we show Jesus our love and our affection, our deep and profound thanksgiving for what he has done for us? We fall on our faces and thank him for granting us life when we had none. Let us live our lives as a thank offering, as an outpouring of love towards God in Jesus Christ. For in the living of that life, there is salvation indeed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.